0: Thanks for joining us this video. Um, we are a little bit late. Um, we missed one <laughs> upload last week, but um, we did have an episode. We didn't have two videos last week, which is, yeah. I mean, fine. Uh, just it's what we used to, to do. Yeah. Um, but We're usually, just, uh, we. if you guys aren't aware
1: of what we do on this channel, we are trying to upload at least two shows a week. And last week we only hit one. It was our first week where it just didn't work out to record early enough. So, but we're going to, here's a new
0: episode for you guys. (laughs) And just us not recording means that we're working on other things that could be bigger and better for this channel. So, yeah, yeah, Um, definitely. So what we want to talk about this week, um, you fad this video What is it? Darker colors. Yes. Okay. It's a short Um,
1: film called Darker Colors. I guess. And it just came out recently.
0: Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, So, you how did you find it first? Um, Go ahead. Let's talk about that. If
1: you guys, if you want, I mean, you can hear us talk about it, but I'm gonna link the. Um, I'm going to put a link for the video in the description, so yeah. if you want to take a look at it after we talk about it or maybe before and then come back to us, you're welcome mm-hmm. to do that. But I, I follow a page call, or a channel called Film Riot. You know about them. Yeah. And, um, and they had the guys at Film Riot are friends with the director who made this short film <laughs> called Darker Colors. And they came out with a movie or a video, I think today or yesterday, um, and they promoted it, a recommendation to watch. And so I went, I watched their video, and then I went and watched it, this other short film, and I was just so incredibly impressed by everything about this film. I mean, the way it was contrived, the way it looked, the way it felt, everything was was just beautiful. And well, um, and so I kind of wanted to review it with you a little bit. I yeah. had you watch it this morning and so, yeah.
0: Um, so my thoughts right off the bat, um, I you've always been fascinated with like Steven Spielberg, like mm-hmm. kid movies um, yeah. to where he, they utilize uh, kids to be in like a scary scenario or like thrilling yeah. or. I really like Stranger um, Things. Uh, which is part of uh, one of the rules of filming. It's uh, to get someone interested in a character, like let's say you just start a movie and you kill them off instantly. Nobody's really gonna care because you don't know anything about that character Mm -hmm. to the exception. So you usually have to like build a background with that character, get to know them, to get any like emotions through that character. But the exception is a lot of times kids, like cute kids and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So I feel like they definitely utilized that and um, had kids in it.
1: This story, you almost couldn't do anything different than that because the whole premise was around a childhood's imagination, a childhood's Mm -hmm. creativity. And that was the whole premise of this film. And so I really enjoyed the scenario and the way they presented it. It's only about a little over 10 minutes long so it's really worth watching for sure. Yeah. Um, so let let me give a quick synopsis of the story just so without giving too much away um, pretty much it's these three kids, um, one of two boys and one girl mm-hmm. and um, the girl is a sister to one of the boys and they're just kind of friends and there's like this pond that apparently, I, from what I understand from watching it, it kind of, you know, brings certain things to life. Certain, uh, it's like this magical, this magical river that kind of brings these drawings that this little girl had drawn in her book to life, and um, and she was really, she's really fascinated with like childhood drawings and and wanting to draw like monsters and such. But mm-hmm. it's really cool because her character is very much like a little girl. But then she also draws like these spiders and this weird monster character and stuff. And so they pretty yeah. much... When she dropped her book into this pond and these images, these things start coming to life. And yep. her drawing book. And so they're pretty much going on this little adventure to try to, you know, annihilate this one bigger monster that she had it, created. Yeah, it definitely
0: had to me, like a Bridge to Terabithia feel. Yeah, did mixed you, with Stranger you, it, Things kind of. Yeah, you know? it did. Um, if you know Bridge to Terabithia, it's kind of like uh, two kids who like, one, the one kid he likes to create stories and draw, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of have this imaginary um, place where they go, and it, it had that kind of feel to it. Um, so what I thought of it, um, i thought it was really it was really well like i know i brought up that kids it's very easy to get into acting with kids because um you kind of for some reason feel sympathetic to them Mm -hmm. but i feel like the kids were they acted great in it yeah i mean they did their age (laughs) they i mean they acted and for this
1: to be for this to be such a small independent film yeah it just gets put up on youtube they casted these kids so well i mean they were such good actors
0: yeah there's a lot of just kind of independent um short films that it's good quality and like the filming is cool and everything but the actors because they're not usually paying them they just Mm -hmm. they're terrible i mean
1: and um, I, I, I wouldn't say the actors I've dealt with are terrible, but I have experienced subpar acting in the past yeah. with a couple individuals because they're volunteering their time. You can't fault them for that at all. But it's a case no. with a lot of independent films and low-budget films. Not that this was a extremely low-budget, but it definitely wasn't Hollywood style. Um, and so... That's really, it's really fascinating to see that this director, he was able to find kids and work with them enough to get them to act in such a genuine, exciting, and very compelling way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I feel like that was, that was great. But mm-hmm. to go to the special effects on the yeah. film, um, I, it definitely had like a like a very colorful feel to it. But it was almost like name
1: was darker colors, so they kind of had to, you know.
0: Yeah, but it was it was it definitely felt like dark colors. It wasn't like light colors, like dark red, dark blue, dark Mm -hmm. green. Um, Yeah, I mean, but how they just like they put it in the color grading of the film. Yeah. Um, to make it very colorful, but yet still seem like a normal picture. Um, and how she was like drawing and stuff. Yeah. They they utilized that. Um, and then also, there was a lot of like, um, with the color like puffs of smoke, different colors of mm-hmm. smoke. I'm curious. I mean, you said there was a behind the scenes video for yes. it, um, and I, I did. didn't watch that. Yeah, I'll
1: I'll I'll tell you about it because it's fascinating. And again, we'll put a link for this video also in the description. Um, their behind the scenes if it, was very is it interesting. Digital
0: or did they actually make colorful, it is a mix like so. Fog?
1: The they did a lot of in-camera effects. So a lot of like the puffs of smoke and the different colors and stuff, like when they're fighting off the spiders or the yeah. the more, you know, crayon, waxy colors that's dripping when they're, you know, burning the monster. Um, those are all in-camera effects. Those are all, you know, shot on scene. The um, the creatures are obviously, they, they designed them. Um, they had actually a, a pretty experienced animator designed these characters yeah. and then they plugged it into After Effects 3D animator and then mm-hmm. they were able to manipulate it. from what i understand they did all of the manipulation and creation inside of After Effects which is really cool for creators like me and you who yeah. use the Adobe package and create stuff so this really is inspiring for us to see what our capabilities are with this program um yeah definitely and and so they did that a lot with the 3D animator and, and uh, After Effects, and that's all, like, a part of the Adobe package. But the in-camera effects, like, the puffs of smoke that you saw. Like, when that the kid steps on the spider and it disintegrates into, like, this puff of red smoke, that, mm-hmm. that smoke was in-camera, but the spider was not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Um, so they, they spent a lot of time to make everything like with the colors in camera and um, they use like this non-toxic powdered color stuff um, because they're working with kids, they don't want to harm them at all, which is obviously smart for any production. And, uh, but they just got a hold of it. They had like a, a guy who was dedicated to making sure that those colors were well done and making sure that those uh, in-camera effects were done correctly. Um, but did, yeah, they did. They say it, what
0: camera they shot on.
1: They um, they used an Ari Alexa, um, I believe, which is kind of a bigger brand camera, yeah. which is like Hollywood style. And um, I, they might have used a Red camera at some point, but I think predominantly they used an Ari Alexa. I'll have to I'd have to watch the behind the scenes again to know for sure. But in passing, yeah. they gen, they quickly mentioned their camera. So I remember them saying they used an Ari camera. Um, and so that that's that's big props to them to get their hands on something like that. Those are those are pretty expensive cameras, but well yeah. worth it in the final product. You also mentioned about colors. They had said, you know, since the word colors is in the title, it was very important that their color grading and everything they do with colors was very important because that was kind of the driving subtext of the whole story. Um, and so they. They did all their color correction in DaVinci, um, which I know is very popular. It's one of the most right now, as of twenty twenty. It's the most, the most uh, widely used and professional program for color correcting in the industry right now. Yeah, um, Premiere Pro is kind of riding on the back end of that, with saying, okay, we're kind of coming up as the the baseline editing software but as far as color correcting they did all theirs in DaVinci Resolve because there's so many things you can do with that. So they did all their color correcting inside of DaVinci Resolve.
0: That it definitely had like really good color correcting. They definitely mm-hmm. they how they color corrected it? I mean, they it's like they color corrected the video and then they also added yeah. a lot of like colors that Mm complemented their color correcting through the colors through the darker colors that they the drawings of things through the um the colors that they used and i don't Um,
1: i don't entirely know their process um as far as as far because i haven't used da vinci yet yeah um I've done most of my color correcting inside of Premiere because although yeah, they're not as too. good as DaVinci, they are very high up in the ability to color correct your images. Um, yeah, and so with DaVinci, really, again, I don't know their process, but a lot of it is you know doing color correction in DaVinci and then um, and then adding, going in and doing colors inside of. Premiere or After Effects to match your effects. But I also noticed, I think um, the behind the scenes, they showed like an uncolored version with the effects added. And so, um, so I think they might have done it backwards to what you're saying for some shots where they actually added all the effects in a very flat format and then went into DaVinci yeah. and did the final color correction. They didn't really yeah, specify possible. how they did that, but it seemed like for the images they were showing in the video, they might have done it backwards. And uh, that goes into a whole thing that I don't have any experience with, You know, adding a bunch of effects and then color correcting. I'm usually doing it the opposite way. So yeah, that's interesting. It, yeah,
0: just like creating the, creating the video and then color correcting it. Um, and then the music, um, I don't, did they talk about at all how they what kind of music? It did have they, definitely a Stranger Things yeah. um, vibe. I they did not talk about that, but I would I would probably
1: my best guess would be there's a lot of programs like I use a program called Soundstripe yeah. that has royalty free music that you're able to use for you know commercial videos for broadcast TV for YouTube without violating any copyright issues and there's a lot of artists that get paid to create music and sell it to this these programs so i my best guess since this is a youtube short film my best guess would be that um they probably they probably got their royalty free music from a platform like that which would be Mm -hmm. cool to do some research and try to figure out maybe the the artists that created those specific songs Um, And that's a very collaborative work to be able to take, say, someone across the world or, you know, even locally that you don't even know, create a song and then be able to pull it from this platform that supports them, but also gives you a really cool soundtrack for your film, you know?
0: Yeah. They definitely pulled a lot of resources together to make a a really decent, good, um, short film that's Mm -hmm. like less than 15 minutes
1: something interesting that um that you might know i believe in the behind the scenes they Mm -hmm. mentioned that there was a guy who had worked a little bit on star wars the star wars movies to do their sound mixing um and so a lot of the sound effects that you hear in the movie Although if you if you focus on the sound effects with any film, a lot of times you might be like, okay, that's a little bit louder or that's a little bit more of a punch than it would be in the real life. But when you're just yeah. casually watching, you're like, okay, that's really, it really brings me into the story because sound mixing is so incredibly important and they it really got it good because they put a priority on this film. One thing I like about short mm-hmm. films is that they're usually lower budget And they're short, so you can really pay a lot of attention to the shots you're using, to the way you're sound Mm -hmm. mixing, to the way you're color correcting. Um, Creators like us, who have done longer form short films, like an hour long, tend to flake a little bit on those kind of things because we're trying to put together a larger piece of work, and so you don't have as much time to really focus and make sure every little detail is really well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I'd like to you know work on and and be involved with to really try to grow my skill, to really focus on making sure the details are really well in place before you know yeah. trying to tackle something really big. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, there is sometimes where you have to compromise your shot a little bit. To get what you want if it's longer form if you're biting off mm-hmm. a little bit more than you can chew yeah um, uh, some of our films i mean we're still pretty new at making films and mm-hmm. things i mean we've been doing it for a while but not professionally not color grading sound effects um music all this stuff so it's something um, that we we all do ourselves and so it's something yeah. that we're still so, learning while we do it you know? yeah so us trying to um, pick up a bigger project, we're learning stuff all the time. I mean, on the job, things that we're learning. A longer shoot, um, like several hours during the day, um, using actors that we've never used before, um, directing actors that we've never really worked with before. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff ties into you're making the shot you want and. And so us just analyzing this film and creating content ourselves, it just helps us to kind of pick up those small details and things yeah. that we can I, like, use in the future to make better films and to um, just become better filmmakers. It's definitely
1: an inspiration project that someone else created. Because I believe what I've heard yeah. from Film Riot that they're using this short film to help pitch a longer form um, either film or show or something mm-hmm. um, to a network to be able to support it and fund it. So they're actually created this for a purpose to sell something bigger. And if they don't yeah. sell it, they still have a great short film to show for it. Um but something interesting they did a lot of pre-production they did a lot of work in post-production but the actual production part of this was only two and a half days of this short film um because they had limited time working with kids and so they had to kind of cater to their schedule um but also just because it's a shorter film so they would probably film like you know multiple scenes a day which is a lot of work I mean you and I know if we're filming more than like two scenes it's a heavy day you know what I mean and so it's it's really it's really an inspiration to say okay they they worked hard in pre-production and during production to get what they needed in such a such a uh, artistic and getting exactly the shots they needed to look so good and to be so effective in such a short amount of time you know
0: yeah um, so go ahead and watch this film. Um, like we said, we'll put it in the description below. Um, so watch it uh, tell us how you th- what you think of it. Um, and just just enjoy a short film from someone who's yeah. trying to create something that um, to inspire people. Yeah um, that's one of thing
1: before that's ahead. what
0: YouTube is. that's what um, yeah. they're they're trying to. Um, A lot of people, yeah, there's creators on YouTube just trying to do stuff to make money, but there's a lot of independent filmmakers that are trying to get their work out there and just um, do the art, create art that people would love. So.
1: Yeah, one other thing I wanted to mention before we close is yep. because this story, like I mentioned, has colors in the title, really pay attention not just to like the paint colors and the things about the story that are kind of yep. obvious, but look at the way they lit certain scenes. Um, yeah, you'll yeah. see, and even the colors they used for certain scenes, you'll notice that the little girl seems to have like this. Um, confrontation with the color blue because her signature color is like a pink color. Not only did they give her parts of her outfit and her helmet and her gun that her water gun was all pink colors, but um, but even in a scene where the monster is kind of like doing this Jurassic Park slash you know, Stranger Things stalking, you know, from a room and she's hiding. Um, you'll mm-hmm. notice they lit it in a way where her color pink, she's lit pink from a lighting standpoint and the monster is lit in a bluer fashion because his color was drawn with the with a blue crayon and so um and so it really makes this controversy or this uh this sort of battle between the color pink and the color blue with her character and this monster that she's created it's really artistic and it's really it's kind of subtext a little bit but it's also just a part of the art and part of the um part of the world of filmmaking that's very fascinating that people should pay attention to because that that's something that someone took time to artistically think of and took time on set to make sure that it looked that way
0: yeah well that's uh this week's video um Mm -hmm. don't forget to subscribe down below and give this video a like
1: and yep have a really appreciate you guys subscribing and we hope that you have a wonderful week we'll see you in the next video